Hey everyone, welcome back to season two. This is episode two of Whiskey Queens. This week we're talking about adding water to your whiskey and I'm gonna be sneaking in one more Irish whiskey before we start to pivot towards American ones. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to check us out at whiskeyqueens.com, at the Whiskey Queens on Instagram, and be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, and here's the show. Ooh, hello. Yeah, right-handed <laughs> bitches. Now you know how to pop a bottle properly. That was nice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Now that it's open, I'll just pour a little more. There you go. I'm good. I'm ahead of you. I actually have my Glencairn glass already ready to rock and roll. Oh, look at you being all bougie with your Glencairn glass. I don't got one because I broke it. <clears throat> we need to replace that. Maybe we should do branded glasses. Oh my God, that would be amazing. That could be fun. That could be what fun. Would it, I mean, would we just have a clear image of our logo? Like, what would it be? Yeah, I think we do our logo. That could be really fun. So everyone has to let us know if they would, um, if they would be. Fuck everybody else, (laughs) I'll buy them. Paul's going to have a whole litany of Glencairn glasses with just little like ice cubes, whiskey glasses and crowns on them. Exactly. I like that idea. Ah, so why are you drinking this week? Why are we here? Well, we're here because you made me be here. I am making you be here. No, I am drinking for a couple reasons. Like, I feel like I always am. One, because I like to drink. I have to say that because it's a requirement of the podcast. Um, And two, a couple other reasons. Um, JPI, the organization I work for, the Justice Policy Institute, for those of you that don't know what JPI stands for, is hosting a delightful online event this Thursday that I'm getting pumped about. Uh, that we're partnering with Flick Shop, which is a, I don't know how they describe themselves. I think it's sort of a tech startup company of sorts, but basically Flick Shop is a company uh, that's created this app that allows you to send postcards to people who are incarcerated. And then they created another app that's called the Moment of Empathy app that allows organizations like JPI to host sort of an event that will allow people to, who are part of this event to log in under our name. We've sort of purchased credits and they'll be able to send postcards to people anonymously. So it's like, um, I don't know if you send them anonymously or they're just sent out. Like, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's like an automated system to where they go. Like okay. you don't get to select who. Like when you do Flick Shop, you can select who you want to send it to. Whereas a moment of empathy is you're just sending postcards to people who are incarcerated around the country. And the other reason that I'm drinking, cause I'm just going to do all the talking today. Uh, is that I'm doing a toast to Bailey. And you're like, who's Bailey? Bailey Bailey? is a dog that I follow on Instagram. Um, Or actually, Loki is the dog I follow, the wolf dog that I follow on Instagram, who I love. Oh, I do know who you're talking about. Bailey is his brother who passed away on uh, Sunday, I think. I want to say it was Sunday. It was very sad. It broke my heart. Um, But yeah. That's why I'm drinking. Why are you drinking? Oh, actually, Bailey was my first dog's name. Um, So I'm drinking to toast us because we actually hit 500 listens this week on the collective podcast. Uh, So that's 500 total listens across all of our episodes, which I know is like a small number. But to me, I feel like that's pretty cool to know that we've been listened to 500 plus times at this point. So cheers to us. 
we're not uh, calculating how many of those are mine, right? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not going that deep into the data, so let's just call it 500 and call it a win. It's 500, everybody. <laughs> Make sure that you tell your friends and your family and your loved ones and others to listen to this delightful ditty. Um, and follow us on Instagram, uh, which does lead me to a correction you made me aware of. So I do know that I mentioned on Instagram that we were going to be talking about how to properly taste whiskey this season. And then we were going to be covering American whiskeys and American craft whiskeys. And then I confused everyone by saying I was talking about green spot this week. Yeah. And I'm basically sneaking green spot in because we're not talking about American whiskeys yet. We're just talking yeah. about the whole tasting piece. So that's why so, I snuck in the Irish. It's really just my way of getting in as much Irish whiskey before I have to drink American whiskey for the next seven episodes. Oh, don't act like it's terrible. I mean, I've had quite, I have a few here that are delicious, but you I believe you drink them with me. So it's your problem. Not I'm you. not, I'm 500 miles away and it'll be that way for a little while longer until our vaccine is available. 500 miles for 500 followers. Ooh, look at you connecting the dots. I like that. That's what I do. That's uh, what I do. So this week we are talking more about whiskey tastings uh, and this, I think we're focusing on adding water to our whiskey. Yes. So I'm curious because <laughs> I I've never why. actually, you I got very why. excited. I don't know why I screamed that at you. Yes. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> I've never added water to this whiskey. So I'm actually kind of curious to see what the impact is going to be, but do you want to tell us a little bit about what you, what you learned this week? Oh man, I have to go first. Y'all ready for this? I feel like there should have been intro music right there. So some basic whiskey rules that I've sort of pulled together for everyone. One, rule one, uh, is whiskey is a journey, not a destination. So fucking experiment, right? I like that. Yes. Rule two, use water with your whiskey. You can use uh, you can use it whenever you want and however much you want. Okay. Okay. So, and rule three is if someone gives you shit for using water, they are complete trash. <laughs> Garbage. Because water, uh, while it will mask some flavors, it also highlights other flavors in whiskeys. So it can help to provide you a different experience to whiskey you're tasting. So, I encourage everyone to at least experiment with using water in their whiskey in some form or fashion. So adding water to whiskey, right? Mm -hmm. Ow, I just jammed my foot, everybody. Paul's assaulting um, himself. I am, it's what I do. Uh, adding water to whiskey. So whiskey, well, everything in the world is made up of molecules, right? And so when you add water to whiskey, you're basically allowing some, some, uh, water, some molecules that are sort of confined within ethanol to escape or release uh, or push more to the surface, okay. uh, which allows uh, you to taste the flavor, uh, at least according to the research, right, that I've sort of dug into. So I believe in episode, not episode, I'm not going to say episode because I don't know episodes. Season one, we talked briefly <laughs> about water. And then we said we would sort of dive in or attempt to dive into some of the scientific information behind why water changes the flavor of whiskey. Well, glycol, oh, I'm going to fuck this up big time. <laughs> We're you know, already there. <laughs> why do I always get, why do I always get the challenging words to say? You get things like, oh, we're going to talk about smell 
and I'm over here like, we're going to talk about guai, guai, who, oh, I fucked this up. I swear to God, it's not strategic. Guai, 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 who, we'll go with that. We'll put the pronunciation in the show notes. I listened to it like 15 times, but now that I've had some whiskey, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, this uh, is a naturally occurring organic compound that contributes to the flavor of many substances, including whiskey and roasted coffee, uh, which I thought was interesting. And so it's, it's the element or the molecule within whiskey that gives it sort of that smoky, spicy, peaty flavor, Mm -hmm. at least according to some uh, article that I read that researchers talk about this stuff. So the theory is that these flavors and these flavor compounds in particular are sort of trapped uh, in ethanol clusters, right? And so as you sort of add water uh, to whiskey, because you know whiskey is ethanol, right? All alcohol is ethanol. Mm-hmm. It basically, it, it changes the molecular formula and allows sort of a reconfiguration of these molecules and some of them to rise to the surface, which allows it to sort of get closer to your taste buds on the surface of your tongue, which can alter sort of the flavor you experience. At least that's what I'm garnering uh, from what I've read. Very exciting, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a sip so you just process. Okay, I'm gonna absorb all of this. And I'm getting ready because I've been drinking my green spot for a little while and I'm, I'm probably gonna add some drops now. So that's sort of the molecular thing that's happening, right? And why we should experiment with water and whiskey. Uh, So some tips. I have some tips for y'all when you use water, at least from our delightful book that tells us some tips, which is we should be using clean bottled water with no chlorine. Okay. Although I have read some contradictory uh, things on that where some people say that you should just use the water you drink normally because your body is sort of adjusted to the flavor, the flavors of it. That's an interesting idea. Yes. However, I would imagine that the minerals or chemicals that are in some tap water do probably alter some on the molecular level, right? Some of the conagers and some other stuff that's sort of floating around in there. You're supposed to use room temp or slightly chilled Okay. Water when you're adding water to whiskey because when you shove in a lot of cold, it shuts down flavors. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So the best rule of thumb is to taste the whiskey first, unless it's cask strength, right? Because cask strength <laughs> is like, woo, mama jima. Knock um, you right on your ass. Right. Exactly. But so you're supposed to taste it first and for, for a couple of reasons. One, it gives you sort of a baseline. Uh, And then it also gives you a sense of what the distiller wanted you to taste with their brand. So don't be a dick and give them their due is what I say. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's my philosophy anyway. Don't be a dick and give them their due. Yes, give them a little, I mean, it's great to see you. And this is the reality of it. You get your baseline. So you're like, "Mm, I don't like this straight out of the bottle. And so now you know you want to add water. And so now it's a matter of how much water do you add? And it's an experiment. You add a little, you taste it, you don't like it, you add a little more, you taste it, you don't like it, you add a little more. That's how it sort of works. So basically, you start with a little water. Don't be afraid to dilute it down to whatever level that you personally like. Now, a couple notes. Dilution drops the alcohol level in the glass, right? Which, you know, that makes total sense. But what we sort of discussed previously with my little molecule lesson 
is that as you adjust the amount of water and dilute the amount of ethanol or alcohol in the glass, it changes the flavor. It releases different flavors. So that's sort of the experience that you're having. So basically, even for people who don't like super smoky or peaty whiskeys, uh, you can find that if you add enough water to it, it'll cut the smoke and you'll, you'll be able to sort of experience some of the fruity or grain flavors out of a whiskey. Okay. Which I'm totally going to have to fucking try now because you know I don't love all the deep smoke. I've grown yeah, yeah. to like it a lot more, but it's still not like my, my, my flavor of choice. Fair enough. Well. Now, the other thing that, and we'll, we'll include some of this stuff in the show notes. We'll include, obviously, a look, uh, a look. We'll include a look. We'll include a link to the book, uh, but also to the Washington Post article where it sort of gives some of the science behind adding water to whiskey. And then the other thing I wanted to include in the show notes is this Whiskey Advocate article that basically provides a calculator about how to find the perfect proof. So basically, if you're adding water to your whiskey, you can sort of as long as you do it in a measured way, right? As long as you can measure the amount of water and the amount of whiskey you have, they have a calculator that allows you to determine what that proof is, right? So if you start with a 100 proof bottle and you add X amount of water to it and you do this calculate, there's, a, there's actually a formula they have on the website. I was gonna read it to everyone and then I thought no one wants me to read a formula. Um, although little deep, it's kind, little it's deep. Kind, it's kind of nerdy and fun. But aside, so you can do the formula, you can do the hand calculation, but no one wants to do hand calculations anymore, apparently. So they have a little, uh, a little ditty where you can add, you can put it in there and it'll do the calculation for you. Nice. Yeah, we'll totally so put then, that in show notes. Yeah, and so then once you identify your perfect proof based on sort of you're adding water here and you're like, mm, I really like this sort of flavor and level here and you identify your perfect proof, they also provide another calculator that's basically like how can you... How much water do you need to add to something to reach that proof? Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a two-part, there's a two-part calculator up nice. in here. Math is fun. It, math is fun, and we should all recognize that and spend more time doing it. Uh, I love Excel. Yeah, <laughs> we all love Excel. So I do remember... Actually, I'm looking at my glass and that's what sparked the memory. So the glass I have is branded from the Whiskey Museum in Dublin. And I remember doing this when I was there. Like you go on the tour and then you try certain whiskeys at the end of the tour. Um, and part of the whole process, they gave you the little pipettes and then you added like droplets of water. Mm -hmm. And I, I think like the, in the back of my mind, I always try to remember like you can, you can always add more water. It's hard to then like rebalance it by adding whiskey. So sure. like start by adding a drop or two and seeing how it changes. And then if it's not quite where you want it to be, add a couple of more drops versus just, you know, tossing a tumbler of water into your shot of whiskey and seeing what happens. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. You'll ruin it. Start with a little and progress from there. Keep trying it until you get yeah. what you like. And you don't have to have pipettes. Even if you have a straw, you can just cap the end of a straw and then put a couple right. of drops in. And if that fucktard at the end of the bar gives you shit, you tell him I told him he's a fucktard. And there's a ton of whiskeys that I will just throw over ice and let get watered down. And I don't quite mind that it's cold. I don't quite mind that it's watered down. It's something that I don't want to think about too hard. So I put mine over ice, not more often than not, but fairly often if I don't want to think about it too much. 
Well, I mean, it's, it's different, right? Because then you get that, you get the coldness, which is enjoyable. But then as you sort of slowly drink it, the flavors change over time. It dilutes, right? The water, the ice melts into water and it changes the molecular structure. Yeah. And a lot of the times I'm holding the glass. So you're transferring heat from your hand to the glass and things are melting and coming like, up to room temp. I just temp. added like three half teaspoons of water to my monkey shoulder that I have here. And I like it much better. Okay. So when we originally tasted monkey shoulder, did you add water to it or were you just doing it straight? Do you remember? I was doing it straight. Okay. All right. I'll have to try that because I don't think I've added water to monkey shoulder just yet. I don't I like mind it. monkey shoulder on its own though. It cut, I'll tell you what it does. It cuts down or at least in, hold on, let me. Take a sip. Oh, it does. It does. It's good. Makes it uh, better. No, it cuts down. So the thing I tried to describe in the last episode where I sound <laughs> like a complete asshole. Um, what, what did you call determine? it? I think you called it the funk. And the I'm funk. Pretty, I categorized it under the sulfurs in the tasting well, wheel. I don't even know if it's the sulfurs. It's, I, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head in retrospect after I sort of listened back to the episode. And I was like, oh, he's right. I think it is the bitterness that you sort of get from a fruit rind oh like an, yeah like an orange rind or a lemon rind and it cuts that sort of drastically actually at least from what i'm tasting now back from it when you add some water and this reinforces my theory and i still haven't done it but i'm i am pretty positive that monkey shoulder would be great with club soda oh i did that it's delicious Oh, okay. So I have to do that. Why don't I do it right now, but I, I did it the other day because that's all I do is <laughs> because drink. It was research. You were doing research. I'm, all, I'm always doing research. <laughs> uh, so you're drinking monkey shoulder and I'm, as we've discussed, I'm drinking green spot. Well, truth be told, <laughs> I'm oscillating. I actually started with copper fox because uh, I wanted something... Uh, Unique how many, how many bottles rich. are on your coffee table right now? Two. Two, okay. Um, I'm, there's like four more on my bar, but <laughs> beside the point. Um, yeah. So I started with Copper Fox, but now I moved on to Monkey Shoulder because I wanted to try something with the water. I like Copper Fox sort of as it is because I think it's complex and unique. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to sort of experience Monkey Shoulder, especially after reading sort of that piece that was like, for those of you who may not like smoky or peaty whiskey, you know, you can get to a point where you add enough water to it where it cuts that component of it mm -hmm. and you can enjoy other aspects of it. And I was like, man, I should try that with Monkey Shoulder because I don't, I don't, there are flavor notes of it that are just not for me. That's fair. Totally. Straight from the bottle, but with a little bit of water, hot damn, I'm here. Okay. So at some point when I get down there, when you get up here, whatever, or I'm just going to have to buy the bottle and send it to you, Green Spot is one of my favorites, um, especially for the price point. It's about 55 for a bottle. So it's definitely a little bit on the higher end by comparison to like your run-of-the-mill $35 bottle. Um, but it's sad. It was a Christmas gift last year and I didn't realize how quickly I was drinking it, I guess. And there's, <gasps> yeah, there's a sad amount left. So I'm going to have to buy this again. This is one of the ones that I always want to have in the house because otherwise I get sad. Um, but Green Spot's one of my favorites. It's good stuff. It's uh, for, it's 80 proof. So it's 40% ABV. 
the tasting notes and the nose notes on this are the most pretentious thing I've ever heard. It's like a marketer's wet dream. Oh, how fitting. Yeah. Uh, the nose is fresh aromatic oils and spices with orchard fruits and barley on a background of toasted wood. The taste is full spicy body, a hint of clove along with fruity sweetness of green apples rounded off with a toasted oak. The finish is lingering flavors of spices and barley. Hmm. All I could picture in my head was the scene from Schitt's Creek where Moira Rose is walking <laughs> through the vineyard and Lee. Yep. Lee. Yep. Um, as you were sort of describing that. Yeah. I've read a few of them. Like I was doing research and trying to see what other people's tasting notes were and listening to people do reviews on them. And people were calling it um like the nose, they were tagging the nose as woodland, which I don't even know what that means. Like what, when you say something is woodland, what are you talking about? Um, to me, it's vanillas and oak and spices and the, the vanillas are coming from the oak barrels anyways. Um, it kind of smells like green apple and it kind of tastes like a caramel green apple. Like it has a vanilla <laughs> caramel flavor to it and it has the freshness of a green apple and it's really good. And it has a really smooth long finish on it there's no there's almost no bite no burn i think it's probably one of the best like moderately priced bottles that you can get out there and have like a really good whiskey for like 50 55 dollars i'm a big big fan try this mother um and it's yeah i highly recommend this i mean i love jameson but jameson is it's good it's a standard staple and i don't mind drinking it over ice and i don't need to worry about it but this one is one that i really really enjoy and i i did water it down and the flavor softened a little bit and it almost got a little more it kind of diluted the apple and it made it a little more like vanilla spicy caramel when i added water to it and i probably did like three or four drops in my my little glass here Um, but the history behind this is super interesting and it makes me miss traveling that's the only thing i can think of after researching the history here it comes oh there was no pop it was so sad i know because i almost dropped the bottle oh we'll try it again there we go Um, So with that pop, I'll give you a little history lesson. Uh, So Spot Whiskey is a single pot still Irish whiskey. Uh, It's owned and produced by Irish distillers, which we've talked about before. So their corporate overlords are Pernod Ricard. Uh, So this is produced out of the Middleton Distillery in Cork, established in the 1800s, Mitchell and Son. Um, It was owned and initially established by William Mitchell. Uh, So well known as a bakery on Grafton Street in Dublin, uh, the reputation actually earned them the title of confectioner to Her Majesty, which is a a title I feel like I should one day strive for. Oh my God, I want that title. Right? So the business began as a bakery in 1805. Uh, Later they evolved and started importing wine and they moved into whiskey bonding in 1887. Um, So it was really common for merchants in Ireland to purchase bulk distillate or essentially whiskey before it had matured from local distilleries and then matured in their own casks in bonded warehouses. Uh, So since they had access to the imported wine casks that they had already purchased, now being wine merchants and bakers, it was the perfect opportunity to recycle those casks that they already had on hand. Uh, So what they would do is they would send the empty casks to the Jameson distillery on Bow Street, and they would have all of those casks filled at the Bow Street distillery, brought back, and then they would be returned to the cellars underneath Fitzwilliam Lane. Uh, So they would mature there until they were ready to be bottled and sold. So the whiskey over the course of the maturing process would get daubed or spotted. 
and you're thinking kind of 1800s, not everyone has the ability to read. And the colored marks or the spots on the casks were the indicators of age. So that was, yeah, so that was their workaround because not everyone could read what particular whiskey they were maturing at that point. So they would color them with spots, which is where the name eventually came from. So blue was typically matured for seven years, green, 10 yellow spot 12 years and red spot was 15 years uh, which is how the name spot whiskey eventually came about originally it was marketed as pat whiskey um, in 33 they rebranded as john jameson and son 10 year old green seal which is a hell of a friggin name too long too much um, and then later became known as green spot so green spot right now is kind of the the first bottle in the current lineup and then it's the yellow and red spot um, they also do still have blue spot, but green spot's kind of the standard at the moment. So a good 10-year um, whiskey. Well, it's no longer considered a 10-year whiskey. Well, so, then this is all bullshit. We're getting there. We're getting there. So green spot was kidding. the most- It's not bullshit. It's exciting. It's, it's delicious is what it is. Um, but it's the most popular in the whiskey line for the entire family. So it's the only one that they continuously produced since that time. All the other whiskeys have at some point gone hiatus or been retired and then brought back. Uh, so they ended up um, stopping the bottling of Yellow Spot in the 50s. They brought it back in 2012. And then it took them until 2018 to bring Red Spot back. So it really was just Green Spot for quite a while. Uh, today's Green Spot, like I said, is younger than the original. It used to be a 10-year whiskey. It's now a non-age statement whiskey. So it's made of a blend of 7 to 10-year single pot stills. Um, and they're matured in bourbon casks and sherry casks. Um, right. Now, it is considered a limited quantity whiskey. So they do produce it in small batches. They strictly put out 12,000 bottles every year. And it was originally mainly sold through Mitchell's and Sons shop in Dublin. Uh, so it was really hard to get your hands on for a long time. Uh, they didn't actually start selling this in the States until 2014. So we've only been able to get it for about six years. Um, there's three special bottles. I actually haven't seen the other two, um, but they released three different types of green spot. So there's green spot uh, 10 year, which is 40% alcohol by volume. Um, they produce a thousand bottles and that was essentially done to celebrate the release or the 200 year anniversary. So that was one of the special versions of green spot. Uh, there is green spot. I'm going to screw this up. Green spot Chateau Le Vieux Breton. I'm going to try that oh, out. No, that was so much better than my butchering of whatever molecular structure <laughs> I was trying to talk about before. Um, that one is 46% ABV. Uh, it's regular green spot matured in sherry and bourbon casks, but it's finished for about 18 months in Bordeaux wine casks from the Irish-owned Chateau Le Vieux Breton. So they actually ended up buying a chateau during World War II. Um, and then Green Spot Chateau Montliano, I think I screwed that up, 46% uh, ABV. It's matured in sherry and bourbon casks. It's finished for 12 months in French oak Zinfandel casks uh, from a chateau in Napa Valley. So I'm desperately trying to see if I can find one of these on the internet and get it into the States and through customs because I have never seen any of these at the liquor stores, at least here. I could, it might be at a... a better liquor store than I have access to. Um, but I do know I can get green spot locally, but I don't know that I can get these three special green spots locally, which makes me a little mm. sad. But everything I've like watched, listened to, read, everyone just kind of points to this as like, these are great, but the original green spot 
is a steal and it's delicious. Right. So I'll leave you with that. But it's so good. I did add water to it, like I said, and it kind of mellowed out a little bit, but it definitely has a bit of like vanilla, but like caramel green apple. It's really good. Oh, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend you find one. Give me a bottle. I'll Google it. Let's see what I can find. Also, the word, I just listened to it while you were talking. I just uh, Googled how to pronounce it. Oh, fuck. Now I'm going to mess it up again. I'm going to listen to it real fast. I was watching your hands do this thing on the screen, and I was wondering what was going on. Guayacal. Guayacal. Okay. Guayacal is the name of the, the, the thing I was talking about earlier, the natural occurring organic compound. Okay, and it, wait, now let's back up a second. Is this the compound that will break up when water molecules are introduced to the whiskey? Okay. Trying to make sure I retain something not, from not this episode. Not necessarily break up. Well, maybe it is break up. I don't know. I'm not, you know, there's, there's not 100% consistency on how uh, the scientists talk about this, or at least from what I was gathering. But it's that uh, guayacol can sometimes be trapped in clusters of ethanol. And so the more, when you add water to it, it sort of breaks up the clusters of ethanol and allows the glycol to oh. rise further to the surface, Okay, which as you sort of, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, pointed out in season two, episode one, when you were talking about uh, aromas and smells, right? What we know is that our olfactory glands are, are much more... What's the word I'm looking for? Sensitive? Uh, sensitive, robust than our sal- salivary glands, right? Yes. We can, like we taste only what? Five, six flavors. Yep. Um, and so, and because it's, it's related to sort of being next to the sensory glands, it has to be closer to the surface for us to sort of, for it to coat the tongue and we actually get a response from it. So that's what the the water molecules do to sort of release the guayacol from the ethanol. Okay. And I do believe in alcohol, especially at like 40% ABV, it evaporates much faster than water, than wine, than beer. So I believe I've heard that when you start breaking things up with water, sometimes some of the good stuff comes to the surface, but sometimes some of the less favorable stuff comes to the surface and then therefore evaporates off. So you're kind of losing some of those things as well, which is what helps contribute to the change in flavor. Sure. Yeah. But I was, I did do the homework as well. I did read the chapter along with you. And something that stuck with me that I was going to leave with was a quote by Christy McCollum. Um, and it's, there's no such thing as a wrong tasting note, which I found really interesting as I was reading all of these tasting notes and nose notes and finish notes. And they're basically just marketers spewing stuff on labels. I, I think it really just boils down to what you like and what you're tasting and what memories are being pulled to the surface when you taste something and what you're relating mm-hmm. it to. So you don't have to taste apple as long as you like what you're drinking. Totally. I mean, if you were to, to sit here and sniff, sniff, if you were to sit here and sniff Copper Fox like I am, <laughs> um, I doubt that your reaction, and maybe I'm wrong, but we'll have to try it. I doubt that your reaction would be, iced tea like i think of my grandmother's iced tea when i smell it and she oh. made she made her iced tea with tetley tea bags and a shit ton of sugar and it just reminds me of the smell of of that tea 
is it so is it the sweetness that you're smelling or is it the like the black tea that you're getting i'm just curious i think it's the sweetness that i'm smelling okay yeah it totally evokes i mean smell is so intrinsically tied to memory and that's what I try and work backwards from. Like I, I do try not to read the tasting notes and all of that before I try something. And then I'll go back in and I think I get imp- like, I think it impresses upon me what I should be smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do try and like close my eyes, think of the first memory that comes to mind when I smell something and see if anything jumps out. And if I get anywhere close to what the bottle says. Yeah. Most of the time I don't, but that's fine. I think that's part of the journey. It's okay to be totally off base because everyone has different What's perspectives. rule number one, ladies and gentlemen? Let's all attention. remember it. Rule number one, whiskey is a journey, not a destination. So fucking experiment. And don't pay attention to the douchebag at the end of the bar. That's rule number three. That was rule number three. Sorry. Let's, let's go through the rules. That's a great way to wrap this mo up. <laughs> Some one. basic whiskey rules for folks. Rule number one, whiskey is a journey not a destination. So mm-hmm. fucking experiment. That's your Paul Ashton. Oh, that's my last name. Oops. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's an oops. It's on my goddamn Instagram account. You already said um, where you work. You're done. I know. Uh, the, the last part of that is my little personal addition, right? The fucking experiment, of course it is, because I'm mm-hmm. cuss like a sailor. Rule number two, use water with your whiskey whenever you want and however much you want. Agreed. Okay. Rule number three. If someone gives you shit for using water, they are complete trash. Garbage. Dumpster fire. Exactly. That's a great way to end. I like that wrap up. Yeah, me too. What are we talking about next week? Something. Something? Do you know what you're drinking next week? Nope. Me oh, either. It's my job, isn't it? It's my job to drink. It's your I mean, job it's to drink. It's my job to drink every week. Let's go. Oh, but, yeah. Um, you have to have something job. interesting. It's my job to talk about a particular bottle next week. Maybe you can start setting us down our path of American whiskeys since I Ooh. diverted us for so long. Yes, maybe I'll pick something up. I mean, the, the, the irony of it is that I feel like what I drank last week was an American whiskey. Copper Fox is an American whiskey. I'm already on that path for us, aside from Monkey Shoulder. Um, I think what we're talking about is the tasting. Okay. So you're going to, you're going to drive us through an American whiskey and yeah. So it seems like a nice little wrap up. It seems to kind of encompass what we talked about when it comes to smelling and taste and incorporating the use of water and kind of how to not necessarily design a tasting, but how to move through the tasting process of a whiskey or whiskeys you might have in front of you. So uh, yeah, that's where we'll, we'll be next week. This has been really good. This has been great. All right. Bye everyone. Bye.